This is Stephen Adams. And this is Kevin Durant. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> You're Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> good to see you, mate. Different complexion. Okay, let's go <laughs> So, this is Stephen Adams. And this is Anna's Cantor. You're listening to the Down to Earth. Down to Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. Here's Stephen Adams, and I'm Anna's Cantor. And you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Down to Dunk Podcast. This is your Sanders Select. With me, the specialist guest ever, Jay Smith. What's up, Jay? Hey, nothing, man. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where uh, I know I'm not somebody that's special or writes for a newspaper, <laughs> but I have a lot to say, and I've been pretty frustrated since Saturday. So uh, I'm coming here to rant. Let's jump so in it. Hopefully, people enjoy that. So we're going so to Saturday. We're going to say, okay, go go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, so Saturday uh, was like the most hyped game since, I mean, the most hyped regular season game ever. I think yeah. maybe, and ESPN was in town, and everybody's in town, and the reason was because Kevin Durant, formerly of the Oklahoma City Thunder, currently with the Golden State Warriors, was coming back to Oklahoma City for the first time since leaving in free agency. And so ESPN made it into the biggest deal ever and then subsequently has just ridiculed Oklahoma <laughs> City incessantly for their making it a big deal and us oh. responding in a big way. So, And it was, it just was crazy. Like, it was crazy. Fans went insane. Like, I think any expectation that somebody maybe had about what that would look like was um, – exceeded or at least it was in my opinion like i thought it would be crazy but people showing up in outfits and uh i don't know it was insane and but i loved it i thought that was kind of what was right and and i have a ton of things to say so let's talk briefly about the game and i'm going to talk about all the other things so the thunder got uh really rolled out of the gym for that game yeah um, 130 to 114 it was not yeah. i mean it's not a competitive game there's just not yeah, a lot to it, talk about within the game yeah, it got down to 12 there in the fourth quarter and Russ shot a three to try to give it to nine. And then uh, it, after that, it just kind of exploded. And, of course, Kevin Durant hit the, you know, a huge three. And that was that was something. Uh, <laughs> but it wasn't. It wasn't competitive. And the real glaring weakness for the Thunder, which has been a weakness really since Ennis Cantor has been heard, is the fact that that second unit just oh, played awful. It was really uh, bad. Thunder, Thunder had momentum. We're playing really well there in the first quarter. And as soon as that second unit came in, it kind of fell apart. And any time that Russ isn't on the court or wasn't on the court, it was a disaster. And so, but I think the game itself, like, was not a surprise. The surprise for me has been all of the crap afterward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even leading up to it where, you know, the national media, and I know it's a generalization, but since, you know, a lot of people are making generalizations about the Thunder fans. I feel like it's probably fair to do so. Um, have generalized really that Oklahoma City is ungrateful uh, and Durant didn't deserve the response that he did. And I think that they are completely full of crap. <laughs> it's just a complete like mishandling and misunderstanding of the situation. I mean, the one that got me... This is Chris Haynes' article. That it was just so bad. We have a question from, it's from at Small Law Addy, and he asks, "Will Chris Haynes 
receive lifetime KD access for that Russ hit piece? Or is this a case of unrequited love by Mr. Haynes? So basically, he writes this article that basically confirms that, like, Kevin made the right decision. You know, Russell Westbrook couldn't help himself with the way that he hogs the ball. And Kevin's been complaining about Russell Westbrook since the second year that he's played with Russ and just all this stuff that is just not true, first of all. I mean, he the narrative that kills me the most is the narrative that Oklahoma City is just some kind of basketball wasteland, and it always has been. He, like, makes no mention that the Thunder were up 3-1 in the Western Conference Finals against the Golden State Warriors and probably should have won, if not for some incredible performances from Clay Thompson. Um, he just makes no mention that there is actually a really good team here and that this team may be the favorite right now had Kevin Durant stayed because of the moves that they were going to make. Uh, they just act like, oh, they just completely like dismiss Oklahoma City as a franchise or as a place the, where good basketball can be played and was played. Uh, they failed to mention that they were one of the best defensive teams in the league for years, one of the best offensive teams in the league for years. They just act like this place was just like a prison for Durant. And it's just so wrong and it's just ridiculous and to think that like fans the reason that fans are hurt and are mad and are booing is because we loved kevin durant so much and it's because like we just wanted him he, he even said it and i've quoted this in my article twice that he said that he wanted to be the the tim duncan the dirk Nowitzki to this city and we heard that and we took that to heart and that's a part of the reason why it hurts so much and it, it, if he didn't say those things and didn't and didn't act the way that he did, I don't know that things would hurt this much. I don't think the city would be as upset if Russell Westbrook had left uh, just because he never pledged the loyalty. But Kevin Durant did over and over and over again, and that's why we're so hurt. And I don't see, I don't understand why that's so hard to understand. I want to thank Chicken Express for sponsoring today's podcast. Their current special is two four tender meals, both with a side and a drink. For just $9.99. That's a great deal. Chicken Express has great chicken tenders. They also have wings. They've got uh, fried fish. Uh, it's a very good restaurant. It's not just like a fast food place because they have like real sides. It's like a real southern place. Uh, they have great sweet tea. Uh, you should go check out Chicken Express. There's tons of locations around Oklahoma City. Also, if you're in Texas, there's locations there uh, and really all the surrounding states. Uh, there's a Chicken Express. So if you have an opportunity, you should stop at Chicken Express. Uh, get that uh, two four tender meals today for nine ninety nine. You won't regret it. Go to Chicken Express. Yeah, and I think that that the hard thing and we said this leading up to it as well is like we valued the eight years that he gave to this city and the nine years that he gave to this franchise. Like, I think that the hard thing, and there may be psychopaths, like there are in any fandom, any sport, sure. anywhere that, that maybe, Pink well, it's all, all, yeah, or, yeah, exactly. Or it's all crap because of what happened. Like, man, I, I, speaking irrationally, like I felt very frustrated, hurt, sad by Kevin Durant leaving. But I also understand that, that this city has been transformed by him, but that doesn't mean that I can't be mad. Right. Like I know that, that some people have avoided using the relationship, uh, or, you know, ham avoids the using the, the marriage kind of analogy. But I think the relationship thing is the most accurate way to define it because we were so emotionally invested in this team because, and, and some of that is that Darin, uh, Darin, 
Anoka or whatever, sorry, from ESPN had a really good piece is like, we don't know the big, the, the NBA, we didn't know professional sports. And when they came here, it was like we enveloped our lives into them mm-hmm. and they felt in and, and the way they portrayed themselves and the way the organization has been, they, they poured their life into us. They, yeah. they did. They, everything they did was to pour into the community. Kevin Durant gives a million dollars. And so what we, to, to the more stuff after the tornado and had it matched by Nike in the, in the thunder. And all of these things kind of perpetuate this idea that it was more than just a sports team. It was more than just a franchise. It was more than just the thunder and the city in which they play in. It was just like this collective part of our community that they were, they were ours, they were family. And so that emotional connection is very similar to a relationship. And so all of us got broken up with, for the better looking man a year ago. And we've never had really the opportunity to talk to the person that broke up with us until Saturday night. Mm -hmm. And so you had some people that responded with the, I still love you no matter what you do. You have some people that responded with the screw you. I'm not going to acknowledge it. You're even here. And you had some people that are psychopaths that responded with hate and stupid things said towards Wanda, stupid things said towards Kevin Durant. But there's a middle ground that emotionally the Oklahoma City Thunder fans should have had every right to respond that way without being ridiculed by all of these people that think they understand what happened, right? Yeah. And that's the thing that's frustrating me, like booing, being frustrated, all of that is valid responses. And you look at when Brett Favre left Green Bay and went and played for Minnesota and our tribal, he goes back to Green Bay and he got booed. LeBron James leaves from Miami, comes back to Cleveland. He gets booed. Like, we're not the first fan base to do this. Some of this stuff's stupid. People are idiots, and we can't control everybody, right? We know that as a society. But the truth is, is every part of that response, and it even seemed like Kevin Durant understood. Like, yeah, I knew I'd get, I knew I'd get booed. I knew this was going to be. And he throws a little shade and said, I thought it would be louder, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which I kind of loved. So, so I have a, so after that event, I have a question for you and I, I want to hear your thoughts. Do you think that it's, so they come back in a few weeks after all-star break on a Monday night. My expectation is going to be way less crazy than this first one. What do you think? Oh yeah. I mean, I think that it's going to be, I think it'll be similar, but maybe just like knock down a few notches, you know? Like they're not, it's not, it's not, it's not going to be nuts, but people are going to boo. And, you know, maybe, I mean, Cantor could be back. This team could look different. There could be a trade that may or may not make this team better to, you know, maybe make the game a little bit more competitive. But at at this point, like we, we've seen it. We, we've, you know, the crowd has done what they need to do. The city feels a little bit more closure, I think, in the situation, being able to kind of let it out. I, it'll be kind of it'll be more of just I think there will be just kind of more dread behind it because we know the Warriors are are still the Warriors, you yeah. Know? Um, but yeah, he'll still get booed, but it won't it will not be an intense. Yeah, I don't like think people in outfits and ESPN spending a weekend here like they. It's the hard part is they escalated this whole narrative yeah to this point to where it became this huge. I mean, it was huge in this city this weekend, and I don't and. I'm a, I was a little bit disappointed in the way that they handled. Actually, I was very disappointed in the way they handled some of the stuff. Like they didn't have the starting lineups announced on TV. Like that was a big time mistake. Like that's that's what a lot of people were tuning in for. And during that time, like you could like watch on Twitter and like people are, uh, you know, live tweeting what was happening in the arena. But 
uh, everybody at home was watching commercials. That was a huge, huge mishandling of that situation. Um, that, that should have been on TV. I think people really would have liked that. And then they sent all these writers in, which is, which is cool, but you have all these people that don't really have a firm grasp of the situation. Some of these guys are coming in, they're just kissing KD's butt and then putting out whatever his people want to put out, which I think is that Chris Haynes article. And then uh, just people that have that aren't close to the situation. I think Royce did a great job. Uh, but people that aren't close to the situation don't understand the fan base, don't understand really what happened, but just take his decision as like a one-time thing. It was just a business decision. And then write about it uh, without understanding any of the background or, you know, the things that had happened before. I think it's just a a massive mishandling of the situation. I think they really should have just put Royce in the forefront and just said, let this be your moment because you understand this team and this city better than anybody. But instead they they let all these national guys come in and, um, you know, basically make all this clickbait for everybody, you know, today and yesterday. And I just, I just think it's really bad. I just think it's like bad sports writing. Um, lots of opinion pieces that are just, just wrong. <laughs> so, yeah. So any, was there any, and I know it's going to be hard to find these, maybe this immediate, but any revelations to you from maybe the way the players responded? Cause this is the first one that actually kind of emotionally, um, outbursted, you know, at one another. You had Russ barking at Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant barking back. And it was maybe they did it a little bit in the last game of Golden State, but I think maybe in this one you got to at least hear it a little bit more. Uh, and then you had Andre Robertson, who it's Robertson in case anybody still for some unknown reason has no idea how to pronounce his name. Uh, <laughs> it's still out you there. You should I was, know now. I was watching SportsCenter and it was like Andre Robertson. I'm like, <sighs> Uh, so, but, but you had him, he got in Kevin Durant's face and, and they said a, a little bit more in the interviews post and pregame than they have before. Like any revelations that would give reasons for why Kevin Durant left or, um, anything that you feel like you kind of experienced there that would kind of open your eyes to anything. I mean, he, he left because he could take the competition out of the West and that he could be on the best team. And he probably likes the style of play better, and I don't blame him for that. Um, but to pretend, but he's been pretending like he didn't join the Warriors because of championships, because he just joined them because he liked those guys. And that may be a part of it, but to say that you didn't consider championships, I think that's just garbage. Like it's just, it's just a terrible, terrible lie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's. I mean, it's just. I mean, it's just obvious. Like he he wanted a less pressure situation. He wanted uh, to be able to win rings because that's a huge part of the conversation when you're talking about the greatest of all time. Like, how many rings do you have? And he, I mean, he's paved a way to do that and to solidify himself, you know, as a champion, and in the easiest way possible because no one can compete with this team. I mean, it's just very. I mean, that's that's it, right? I don't know that there's really. Any other like revelations to be to be had that he just he chose the team you know that made it the easiest way to win a championship. I don't. That's why everybody calls him a cupcake. That's why they're chaining cupcake. That's why somebody dressed up as a cupcake. That's why there's cupcake T-shirts. It's because it's it's a soft move, and you know that's fine. I mean, I don't I don't know. I, I think he made the decision that he wanted, and we there's nothing that we can do about that. But you can also look at it and say like, you know. The, to, to take that route and to know the what you're going to do to the league is pretty soft. 
Yeah. And the hard thing coming out of this is everybody, you know, Chris Bassard just wrote a stupid hot take. You know, <laughs> like affirming what happened on Saturday is the affirmation of why Durant left. Like Russell, you know, Russell played a great game. Actually, he had 11. So good. He was so good. Russell Westbrook. He had 47 points on 26 shots on Saturday night. To act like Russell Westbrook is like a problem is just stupid. He had 47, 8 assists, 11 rebounds. Yeah, he had 11 turnovers. But look who he's playing with. He's playing with the second youngest team in the NBA, guys who haven't been in this situation. And then the guys that aren't that young, like Robertson, then you have Anthony Morrow. Uh, those guys just aren't very good. And in the middle yeah. of this game, Cameron Payne got benched for Samaje Christian, which is maybe like the weirdest benching in the entire league. You're like benching one awful point guard for another awful point guard. And just, I mean, the fact is that this team is not supposed to be the way that it is. And to, to look at the Thunder and say, this is why he left, is absolute garbage. Because this team was supposed to have Kevin Durant, Al Horford, and Deion Waiters on it right now. As well as... Steven Adams, Russell Westbrook, Victor Oladipo, Andre Robertson, Demonis Sabonis. Um, all those guys are supposed to be on this team right now. And would they be saying that Kevin Durant should leave if they had this that team right now? No, absolutely no. not. Uh, of course, if he goes to and joins a 73-win team, they're going to be very good. Like That's just a really stupid argument. And to say, like, oh, well, now he gets open shots. He would have had a ton of open shots with the squad if he would have stayed in OKC. Uh, that's just a stupid. That's just stupid to me. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and it's it's just a narrative that helps create more fuel to the conversation. And I think I get yeah. pretty frustrated with a lot of the the dialogue on Twitter. But the hard thing is, is that these guys thrive and live off of clicks. Yeah, and saying outlandish things. It's the Skip Bayless effect. You say outlandish things, people click on it and want to fight you about it, but they still follow you, listen to you, and read your articles, and so it works for them. Yeah, they still get uh, paid. Let's, yeah, let's do a quick Twitter question. This is sure. from at CO Thunder Up. What are your top five favorite moments from the KD homecoming experience? So my number one is when Russ was John at KD saying, he, I'm coming. I'm coming. That was awesome. Which I felt like was more of a, I think that was less of, and maybe this is just how I'm reading it, but uh, I'm, I read that less of a like he's coming in that immediate game, but like, hey, I'm not going away. Yeah. Oh, I just love it. Like that's that's what that's what Thunder fans should like jump on right now is Russ saying I'm coming. It's, yeah, is incredible. Uh, number two, the Robertson head smush uh, yeah. was a it was just a weird moment. And if people kind of look off the fact that Russell Westbrook pushed Kevin Durant out of the way in that moment, um, pushed him away from Robertson. I haven't really heard people talk about that, but that was yeah. Russ that really broke that up and pushed KD away. I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, and I said, I sent out a tweet afterwards because I was following it in the air via Twitter. Uh, I said, <laughs> pay Robertson all the money right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really, I don't really want them to do that because yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's his team as we've talked about, but man, somebody finally had some guts, you know? Yeah, it was great. And I mean, he, if you look at the play over again, no one really touched Kevin. He just fell in a weird way. There shouldn't have been a foul call. And then I guess in the moment, Robertson was just telling the refs, like, hey, that I didn't touch him. That's not a foul. Um, which I guess KD didn't like. And then they kind of jawed back and forth. And then they did the uh, thing where they 
want to look like they're fighting, but they're not going yeah. to fight because they're using their foreheads. Yeah, it's um, the NBA, the NBA <laughs> avoidance, right? The NBA tough guy, like yeah. weird face smush thing. Like, how did that? How did that become a thing? <laughs> it's just how everybody fights today. It's just so weird. Uh, number three, the uh, everything that involved cupcakes, I thought was great. I thought that the the cupcake T-shirts, the uh, the actual cupcake mascot, which I guess is a nine year old girl, um, which was <laughs> awesome. Uh, the chanting of Cupcake, even when the game was over, was great. I just thought that the crowd in general, and my number four is the, um, actually my last three are involved in the crowd. So three is Cupcake, four is the crowd standing ovation after the game, which I thought was really cool. And then just the absolute cheering for Russ um, throughout the game. I thought the crowd yeah. was fantastic. I thought that they... Uh, for the most part, handled themselves very well. Like you said, there's a there's those few outliers that just were being big idiots. But for the most part, the crowd was incredible, and they created one of the most memorable games in NBA history uh, on Saturday for regular night. season for sure. Yeah, for what they did, and yeah. I, I thought they I thought the crowd was just fantastic. So I think that yeah. everyone there deserves a lot of credit uh, for cheering throughout a blowout game. I mean it. It would be pretty easy for the crowd to just, you know, as the Thunder are just getting demolished, to, you know, lose heart and leave. But they, I think some people did leave, but they, the people that were there continued to chant and boo. And I just thought it was great. I thought the, the crowd was incredible. Yeah, I think just to throw in a couple uh, honorable mentions, and this is from the Warriors' perspective, so some people may be a little bit uh, upset with me. I think them putting the cupcake shirts on and wearing them to the post game. If I if I wasn't such an Oklahoma City fan, I'd say brilliant, right? Like that's hilarious. Wow. It's, and it's yeah, you saw it and you're like, oh man, I respect that so much because that's the right move. That's how you like diffuse all of this. God, I Dang, hate you. They did it. <laughs> it was really smart. It was a really it was a really good move by them because they could have been pissed about it, but they decided to. I don't know. They had fun with it, and I really respect it, but also it infuriates me. <laughs> I know. And the Warriors are really good, man. I think that something, and I know we have more Twitter questions, but something that's important for Oklahoma City Thunder fans to recognize is that this is this is an epically great team. Yeah. Um, to evaluate your season based on the way you're playing against the Golden State Warriors, which for Oklahoma City fans you're doing because yeah. they're the team that took Durant or have Durant, uh, it's it's a really unfair way to evaluate this team, and it's going to make the season really miserable for you. Because yeah. the truth is that the Oklahoma City Thunder have glaring roster problems. We've said that from day one. They may address some in the next two weeks of trade uh, before the trade deadline. But the other truth is that they are outperforming all of our expectations. They're playing relatively well two days before, and I know there's tons of caveats on the, on the Cavs win. Two games, two days before, they beat the Cavs in a really good performance. They've beaten yep. some good teams. They've lost to some bad teams. But this team has a ton of potential going forward. The hard thing is, is when your your evaluative point is the Warriors, you're going to lose. I mean, they're going to set a record this season for the largest margin of victory in the history of the NBA. They're going to beat teams by more points than any team has ever beaten other teams. Right? Yeah, they're the Those biggest. Old- they're the biggest outlier team in NBA history. No question. Yeah. And I fully, I mean, I fully expect, I thought the Cavs would give them a chance. I still, I, I mean, I fully expect them to be Cavs in maybe five or six games. You know, I know yeah. we're going to win. Well, down no, no, no. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if they don't win the championship, any game that they lose is an upset, right? 
Yeah. Any game. Yeah. Um, they should be, they are favored in every game they play. Yeah. And they should be They're. I mean, they're not good. It's, it's the hard thing is that it's, it's, I, I, it was always a weird conversation when people were surprised, like, look at how good these warriors, you know, I think you said this on, I can't remember who it was with, but one of the podcasts you're on, it's like, uh, they, they should be. Yeah. The surprise should be if they aren't as good and they are that good. Every single game they play. You have four of the top 15 players in the NBA right yeah. now. Like there's been teams that have been put together where like you have like maybe four of the top 15 players that, you know, maybe sometime in their career, they've been there, but never like this where they're all in their prime. This has never happened before. Yeah. Um, exactly. And, yeah, of course they're good. Duh. And the hard, like and the hard just, thing for <laughs> go ahead. I think the hard thing for us is that there's just no insight, right? Like unless one of them gets hurt or one of them leaves, it's well, just like okay, so five years. Like Iguodala is is questionable to come back. Like, what is he going to want to get paid? Like, I mean, they are going to come up. There are going to be some situations that they're going to have to handle, especially Fine with answer. their. But as far as their four core guys, it's just going to take one of those guys wanting to leave or declining um, for it to end. So yeah. All right, we got any other Twitter questions we want to deal with? Yeah, Stephen J. Rossi asks, "We really need me, Andrew, to break down how many more assists Russ would have if he had basically league average shooters." And there's and there's a stat for this. So it's called potential assists, um, and Russ is third in the league in potential assists at 19.3, and there's also assist adjusted, and he's at 12.4 assists for that. Uh, it would make a big difference if he had some some more competent shooters around him. And, you know, the, the potential assists right now, Harden leads at 21.5. John Wall is just slightly ahead of Russ. But... If Russell Westbrook had the type of shooters that James Harden had, he may have more potential sure. assists because he would have more opportunities and he wouldn't feel like he has to shoot as much. Uh, but just the reality of the situation is that Russ uh, doesn't. And he's still averaging a triple-double, and he's still putting up incredible numbers, and he's still I mean, he's taking this team. The projected wins for the Thunder right now is 28 and 27. The Thunder right now are um 31 and 24 i mean that's incredible and i think that you know the thunder may be the sixth or seventh seed in the nba but russell westbrook uh he should be the mvp he just should no one's ever done what he's doing um and he deserves to be the mvp i know oscar Iverson did it a long time ago but the, the the circumstances that allowed him to do it um were just really were really great for him and the, the same circumstances are not they're, they're not here for Russ. no one's done it no one's done it in these same circumstances that Westbrook has and I think he deserves to be the MVP he's doing something that's so incredible um, and with the team that he has around him he's got some good players lots of t- lots of players with potential but nobody that can really help him a lot this season so yeah, and I think if you were to take Russ off the Thunder, you have a lottery team or a top. I mean, I mean, like bottom ten of the lottery. If you remove oh, a Harden yeah. or you remove some of these guys off these other teams, they still have the chance. I think Harden in, in the Rockets. I think that's the only one that could be comparable in that. But um, I don't know. I think that you're right. I think it's. I don't know if he will, just because there's so many. You still feel it, right? Like that narrative against Russ because he's a stat seeker. He shoots so poorly that you know or he shoots too much. And but man, he, he has been on a terror, and he's playing every 
I mean, he's just playing really well, and yeah. and he's going to average a triple double, which is insanity that we've somehow just watered down to. Oh well, you know, it's it is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> and the and the Rockets have slowed down some, mm-hmm. so I wonder if that. I mean, if they continue to slow down and they can't do what they're going to do, I don't know the the, and I can't remember who was talking about this, but the the narrative on the Rockets could flip quickly. Let's say the Rockets play the Utah Jazz in the first round and the Jazz beat them. Then what's the narrative after that? It's, oh, well, this is D'Antoni Ball again. It, it, it can't win. Yep. Uh, Not make the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it, it could flip quickly because, like, right, I mean, earlier in the season, it's like, well, maybe the Rockets can be the team that challenges the Warriors. And, um, no, that I mean. First of all, that's just not that's not going to happen. Um, but second of all, I just think I don't know. Every it's it's the Warriors, then the Cavs below them, and then it's like everybody else is so far below both those teams. Um, it, it's just it's hard to it's hard to compare. Uh, next question from at Easy underscore underscore Dooley. He says, "Good morning, R.J. Hunter, C.J. Miles, Robert Covington." Brandon Rush, Ben McLemore, should the Thunder try to get any of these guys? I think that like some of these guys make sense if you can get them for basically nothing. Like a Brandon Rush, you could probably get him for little to nothing. I think that makes some sense to bring in just a guy that can shoot the ball off your bench that's a little bit bigger uh, than like an Anthony Morrow or an Alex Sabrinas. I like that. I don't know what it'll take to get Robert Covington. RJ Hunter is basically not an NBA player, so I don't think they'll look at him. As... Yeah, there's been two teams that have said he's not, right? Didn't Boston move him and then Chicago yeah. get shot or something? He's been cut twice already this season. Yeah. Um, ben McLemore, I think the Thunder would probably like to get somebody like that. The Kings are so weird. Like I feel like they could they could demand anything from like a first-round pick for him to a second-round pick, and I don't I don't think anybody in the league really knows um, how to gauge what they're going to do. Uh, Robert Covington probably holds more value for the Sixers than most people think. Uh, same for CJ Miles. But I think the Thunder aren't really looking for like a stopgap player like that. Uh, there's an, there's another question from somebody asking about Lou Williams. Um, it is Thunder fa- Thunder underscore fan two thousand asked about the Thunder's trading for Lou Williams. The Thunder don't really care that much about winning this year, um, especially like they they understand that like they don't really have like a great ceiling in the playoffs. The ceiling in the playoffs is probably the second round um, at the very very best. They understand where they're at, and they're not trying to like plug holes right now. They are trying to gather assets uh, to prepare for something bigger to prepare for like more sustainable winning. They're not just going to go trade for like a Lou Williams. They're not just going to trade for a CJ miles, somebody like that. That's going to help them like just for this year. Um, the thunder aren't really interested in being a team. That's just going to go to the first or second round and out. They're looking beyond that. And there's a lot of moves that I think would make sense. Like Lou Williams makes a ton of sense for this team. This team doesn't have scoring off the bench. He, basically would provide what we want Cameron Payne to do and Cameron Payne's not able to do. And I like Lou Williams, but he's not a guy that makes sense going forward. Uh, so I just think we have to think of those guys a little bit like that. I think Wilson Chandler so, kind of fits into that mold a little bit of that doesn't make a ton of sense moving forward, but I also think he does. So I think that that's, he kind of 
it's it's tough to say that he's a guy that they wouldn't target because it's such a need. Um, but they wouldn't target him for a run this season. They would target him because they think that he fits long term. Yeah, he kind of fit the next two or three years, you know. And I think that that's your window. And so what you're looking for is who's on maybe the end of their rookie contract, moving into their, you know, maybe that that second line. They're kind of lower because you're getting in these conversations with guys that are going to demand a lot of money sooner rather than later. And that's an issue the Thunder are going to have to look at um, because they've got a lot of money tied up in Vic and Steven Adams and Russ, and that's only going to go up for Russ uh, in the next year or two. Is that going to be this offseason? Um, and so it's it's hard when you just start thinking. It's not a plug-and-play piece that's going to make this team all of a sudden a contender yeah. um, unless you're looking at uh, Paul George. And I still think a Paul George and – to give up what you'd have to give up to get a Paul George, I think you immediately become a right back where you are, maybe a seat or two better. You're still going to get beat by the Warriors. You're still probably going to get beat by the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um, but unless you can keep some core pieces and add a piece, which you know I haven't heard a whole lot of teams that are giving up their best players for <laughs> Kyle, Kyle Singler and campaign. Uh, you know, that's the hard thing is nobody wants to give up. Like if you give up Steven Adams and Victor Oladipo to get Paul George, you're the seventh seed. Yeah. You're the seventh seed. If not, if not, maybe the eighth seed, eh, not the eighth seed. Cause that's trash, but yeah, I mean, you maybe maybe you get up to five. I mean, maybe, yeah. but then you're playing the Warriors in the second round and then you're done. You're toast. I think the Thunder want to stay in the seventh seed. I wouldn't move out of this if I could. Yeah. Someone, someone else asked that one of the, one of the first questions we got was, um, from, at triple double VGC, what are your views on the remaining schedule and three through seven seed schedules? How high can the Thunder get? Which spot is the best? Six or seven is best because the Thunder, you just want to avoid the Warriors at all costs, right? I mean, like, you don't want to play them uh, for, four, a, for four, a lot of no, reasons. Four games in a row against that sounds like literally my nightmare. Yeah. No, it would be misery. Oh. <laughs> and how many more times would you hear and how many more things would be written about, well, this just confirms it. Kevin Durant should have left Oklahoma City, maybe right. even a long time ago. You think the articles are gonna all of a sudden <laughs> shift, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, it would be miserable. You don't you, <laughs> you do not want that. Uh so I think that like if the Thunder get lucky, um and are able to win a you know, first round series awesome let's go play the spurs instead let's go play the rockets instead like whoever ends Uh, up with that second seed uh you just can't you just cannot i don't know and i just don't i don't think that the thunder organization would want that either not not a chance uh no i you asked that question i think it was in the friday pod would you rather miss the playoffs or play the warriors i'd rather miss the playoffs playoffs. let's go to the lottery baby give me that one percent chance (laughs) um so I'm glad this game is over. The Thunder play the Wizards tonight, which is a really, really tough game. The Zards are very, very good. And then they play the Knicks later this week, and then they have the All-Star break, which I think that we will all welcome. So, uh, yeah, watch the games tonight. Try to try to let go of the KD stuff for a little bit. Uh, I know it's still fresh. Like, it still hurts. And it's okay that it hurts. Don't let don't let the, the media or ESPN or whoever is telling you that you shouldn't be hurt by this or shouldn't be upset by this. Don't let them tell you that because it's just not true. Like, this was, like Jay described the relationship thing, like, it's a big deal. Like, this is a very big deal. And to downplay it or to ignore it, it's just, it's incorrect. And it's a, it's a mis-evaluation of what Kevin Durant meant to this city. Uh, so... 
yeah, feel feel angry, feel bad about it. That's that's how how you should feel. But let's root on uh, Russell Westbrook and the Thunder tonight versus the Wizards. Yep. Got anything else, Jay? Man, I, I got nothing. I think that you know those wounds are gonna. Every time we get to to vent a little bit in any situation, it makes the wounds heal just a little bit more. And so I expect yeah. that the next time it'll be a little easier, and then next year, you know, after he. You know, they win the championship, and next year we've moved on. We've added maybe a piece or two to the draft or however to, to make yeah. this team do in our own. I think we'll start getting over it. And, and you know, I think I, I think this team has a bright future because they have one of the most competitive uh, and one of the best players in the NBA still on the team. And and that's what differentiates us from the, the Cavs that lost LeBron, the Magic that lost Howard. I mean, insert the magic, the lost shack or whatever it is, yeah. we still have Russ. It's not a, an empty cupboard we were left with. And so a lot of hope uh, to be had out there. Uh, just don't evaluate it based on a Warriors game because that's never going to end well for you. No. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Uh, find us on Twitter at DC Podcast. You can email us, dcpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us an iTunes review. Five stars would be so great. Have a great day. Thunder right. <laughs>